It's fight week. UFC fight night is this week out of Austin, Texas, and my boy Cody Stainham is fighting. He is a UFC stud, born and raised in Michigan, fighting out of Las Vegas. He's an outdoorsman. He loves hunting and fishing and grilling and gardening and being a provider, being a gatherer. He loves eating wild game, and we talked about it all. We talked about the discipline, the focus, the mentality, what it takes to, to be in the fight game, how much he trains, his nutrition, cutting weight, everything that goes into this man's lifestyle, and I hope that he kicks some butt this weekend in Austin, Texas at UFC Fight Night. My man, Cody Stainham. I hope you all enjoy this. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. I'm Chad Belling. Today's episode, again, of course, is brought to you by our friends and family at Jack Daniels. Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Lynchburg, Tennessee. The one and only. Old number seven. Gentleman Jack. Single barrel. The flavors like Tennessee Fire and Apple and Honey and the new ones. The Bonded. The Triple Mash. The Sinatra. The Gold. You name it. Jack Daniels has done it, and they all they believe is making every single drop count. If they're going to make it, they're going to make every single drop the best that they possibly can every day. I love them. I truly appreciate and honor the relationship, and I, I can't wait to get back to Lynchburg. I hope you all enjoy Cody Stainham, UFC Fight Night this Saturday. I hope you all enjoy a Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Thank you all for being here. I hope you all enjoy. Do you, uh, is fight week is, uh, kind of like a culmination leading up of all these, you know, ever since the fight was announced, you get your opponent picked, you start strategizing, putting a game plan together. What, how big, how much does nervousness play into your fight game still at this point in your career, all the matches you've been in? Is it impossible not to get nervous? Man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fight. It's, you, you're lying to yourself. If you're not nervous. If you're not scared, you know? Like everyone, I see these guys that try to act all stoic, like they don't care. Like there's no, there's nothing going on behind this, like the stop they're putting on. But dude, you're going to go fight somebody who's been training to beat your ass for, you know, months. It's, 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 there's nothing more real than that. Like there's so much nerves. I think you don't go in there and you're not nervous and scared and getting all these jitters, like, are you are you even alive are you even there are you present in that moment you know so for me uh it's you just go you just go through it i mean it's the it's the highest high you could ever have you know you get in a fight like there's nothing that hones you in like getting in a fight like try to think about the bills that you had to do or try to think about anything other than life when you're in a fight with somebody who's really trying to hurt you you know like it's the most like meditative real state you'll ever be and i think fighting uh I think guys get like addicted to it, you know, because there's nothing else that in life that really compares to like what we go through, you know, we're getting engaged. How, how do you deal with defeat personally? Like you just made the remark, you get to go into the cage and beat some guy up. Well, sometimes you get beat up and I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about fighters in general. Like I was on the UFC fight pass uh, podcast this morning with TJ and they asked, I was talking to him about, you know, dealing with, not just failure, but defeat. Because right now you're on a natural high. Your training camp was awesome. <clears throat> your coaches and your trainers got you all psyched up. Your girlfriend, your fiance, they got you psyched up. They're nervous with you. Your family's nervous with you. Yeah. You go in that. You go in there. You take a chance of getting choked out in ten seconds. Like all of this amped up attitude of fight camp can be gone in like the blink of an eye. How do you deal with that part personally? Because to me, I'm just like. 
man, if I went into a duck hunt and I was looking forward to it so much, and then all of a sudden it just ends abruptly without, you know, out of my control. And, you know, it's, that's a different level. Duck hunts don't really do that because you can keep hunting through rain or keep hunting through whatever you want. But a fight game, you might make a one wrong move in the first round and be done. How do you deal with that part of it? Is it just another day in the office and it's time to get back up and go into the next one with the best attitude you possibly can have? I mean, I've done it. I've made those mistakes, you know, at the highest level. You, you can't, you know, like you said, like everyone is so good. You make one mistake, it's over, you know. So I've done it. And it's like at first it's just a, a pure shock. I can't believe it happened. And then, you know, once the dust settles and and you're sitting back at your hotel room by yourself and you come to the realization that, you know, you just squandered away six months of hard work uh, by making one simple mistake, uh, you know, then the, the reality sets in uh, and it's hard. It's real hard. It's real hard, you know, because you got to go. It's not even it's not even hard. Like facing myself is one thing, you know what I mean? Like being honest with myself, like, you know, I messed up. I made a mistake. It is what it is. It's done. There's nothing I can do about it now. I just, you know, I gotta. But then you gotta go. You gotta see your mom. You gotta see your your fiance. You gotta see your fans, and you gotta look them in the eye and know that like they were rooting you on, cheering you on, and and you just let them down, you know. And that's for me. That's the hard part. It's, it's seeing everybody out. People that really want to see me win. Uh, and you know, after I come up short and turn to them and just seeing the disappointment in their face. You know, but you've been in this game long enough. You've lost. You've dealt with it. You know, I wrestled for 10 years before I ever fought. And, you know, I got I got thrown around plenty uh, as a wrestler. And it's like, there's another match, you know. Like, you might be in a tournament, a wrestling tournament one day. You might go out and get pinned your first match. And then you got to wrestle five more times that day just to get on the podium, you know. So, like, as soon as, as, soon as it's all over, it's just about getting back to work like anything else. You know, I have a very blue collar attitude. So when, you know, you have a bad day on the job, it doesn't mean you don't get to show up the next day and, and get back to work, you know? So I think that's kind of why I've had uh, the longevity in my career is because, you know, if I come up short or I have a bad fight or, you know, I have a bad day at the gym, I get injured, something happens, you know, I, I just show up the next day, like nothing happened the day before, you know? And if, if you can't, if you can't find that discipline and, and kind of make that happen in your mind, uh, you know, MMA is going to be uh, a short ride for you. You mentioned wrestling for 10 years. I just had Bo on the podcast last week. Bo Nichols made the, the transition from Penn State badass, NCAA, multiple-time national champion, All-American. The guy could pin so many people in his college career. He won his first MMA bout saw- in front of like 1,500 people. Great fight. But there's other guys like Magic Man Taylor and and Gable Stevenson went to the WWE. He's not fighting in the UFC. How did you know as a wrestler that you wanted to be in this much this much more of a combative lifestyle now going into your 30s? You can't just train to 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 defend a double leg. Now you got to defend kicks and hands and punches and submissions and all the stuff that's not legal in folk style traditional freestyle college wrestling. Um, how, how did you make that, that transition in your mind? Did you grow up a street fighter? Did somebody tell you, man, you got really good hands. You got good footwork. You know, the science of boxing. Like, how did you say I'm, I'm going into this UFC game? So, I mean, honestly, growing up, I thought I was going to play professional football. Like I, I love football. Uh, five, six, I could just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little dude. Like it just wasn't, 
it just wasn't a reality for me. And like where we, where I grew up, I grew up in a country town in, in Sparta, Michigan. And it was like wrestling was every, was everything, you know what I mean? So I was a pretty athletic football player. The wrestling coach eventually pushed me to, to try, try wrestling. And I had uh, some people in my family that ran a boxing gym. Uh, so I, I boxed a little bit and then, you know, MMA starts kind of blowing up and I really didn't follow the sport. I had no, you know, ambitions of, you know, I was going to take over the family business. Um, you know, I was, I was going to school wrestling and, uh, you know, wrestling kind of just as a hobby just to help, you know, pay for school a little bit. Uh, but I mean, my goal was to, to take over the family business and, and that, that was it. And then all these MMA events start popping up in my local area. And so I go and watch one and I see the level of the, the athletes competing. And I'm like, dude, I'm a state champ boxer. And, you know, I've wrestled for, for 10 years. I'm like, I can, like, I'm telling, I'm telling my, you know, all my friends, I'm like, yeah, I get, I get, I can whoop these dudes, all of them, anyone put me in any, any, in the cage with any of these guys. And so they're like, do it do it, you know, like go give it a shot. So I'm all right, fine. I will. So I, I, I joined a gym like two weeks later. I, I'm, I'm in my, my first MMA fight and I fell in love with it. I mean, it's like everything else in the world stopped. Like I knew exactly in that moment that I was, I was going to fight, you know, it was like every part of the, every part, I just loved it. You know, it's like, and fighting is such a crazy thing. It's such a hard, hard, crazy thing. Like you don't really have that kind of passion. It's the same like duck hunting. I mean, if you don't really love to duck hunt, it's hard to get up at three in the morning and go set up decoys and, you know, truck through the marsh and, you know, do all, this, do all this crazy stuff just to shoot a duck. You know what I mean? Like I take guys out duck hunting and they're like, man, why? Like, I don't understand why you do this. I'm like, because I love, I, I love doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's brutally hard sometimes. And sometimes I sit there and stare at the sky for, for six hours straight and don't shoot anything, but I'm still, you know, happy to be there, you know? And it's just like that, that raw passion that I had for it just right off the get, you know, I, I just, I knew right away. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to fight. And it worked out because, you know, I, I love doing it. Do you, you have a, a, a really good record, you know, this early in your game, you, I don't know if you're considered a household name yet. Okay. Like let's be a transparent here and honest. Like I want you to tell me, what does that mean to a professional's fighter's career? Are you fighting to get to the point to where you're the main event still? Where are you at in your career right now? And I want you to end it, Cody, by talking to me about a career like Connors to where he might not necessarily have won every fight that he's been in, but the dude could promote himself into the position to where I just saw he's like driving a new Lamborghini yacht. Is your end game like the legacy of your record being legit and being the champion or is this a is this a, a a revenue deal? Because I'd be I'd be ignorant not to think that you're trying to get paid, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you, your legacy, everything that you do, like you mentioned, Connor. You know, let's say Connor loses his next fight and his next fight and his next fight. Well, I mean, did Connor really lose in his MMA career? Like the guy's worth almost a billion dollars. Like he did it, you know, he did it. Like that's, that is the goal, you know, like you get into the sport because you love it. And, and, uh, it, it's crazy as it is, like you really enjoy doing it, but at some point, you know, it becomes a job. It becomes what you do for money. And, you know, I'm at, I'm at a place in my athletic career where it's, 
it's about getting those big money fights. It's about, it's about making as much money as I can before this window closes, you know, making it happen and, you know, setting myself up for the next thing in my life, you know, that it, and I don't know exactly what that is. You know, I kind of started a little, uh, you know, like an Airbnb business. Like I have a few places that I run. That could be the end goal. You know, every time I fight, I'll go buy a house. You know, maybe at 35, I'm retired. We'll see. We'll see how it how it pans out. But I mean, you, you get to a you get to a place where it's like, yeah. I mean, you do. We are doing this for money. You know what I mean? Like my goal is to be a household name. I want people to pay me. You know, to show up for everything. You know what I mean? I want to be I want to be a staple guy in the weight class and and in fighting. You know, it's 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 win or die. You know, if if you win. The fight you're supposed to win if you if you can make an impression on you know the fans and you can make shit happen you know even when maybe you're not supposed to win like that's that's how you do it in mma it's a it's as hard as as, as hard as anything you're ever going to do in your life but you know if if you're successful at it and you mark yourself right you know you might never have to work again and that's that's the goal and what what do you see yourself you know as far as the marketing part of this business i'm very interested in how you strategize do you have a team of managers do you have a team of 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 press guys and and a team of men and women that that are watching your every move and creating opportunities for you at this stage in your career or is it kind of like you're on your own and you run your own instagram and you got to take care of this stuff where how does it go for a fighter because um you know like your brand is you your brand is cody and your 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 revenue stream is how successful you are you're a good looking guy you stay in shape you could probably get deals and 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 influence deals with whether it was fashion or modeling or whatever that case is like where does it go as as a fighter how do you sit back and go oh yeah i want that dealer i'm going to try to go out and create a marketing plan for that i mean how does that work so i mean i tried the i tried the pretty boy side of it i went after you know i was a i was uh uh i guess an influencer for like an for underwear for hair gel for all this stuff and honestly it's just not me i had such a hard time like putting myself out there like that i really I really, I kind of shied away from everything, you know what I mean? And I didn't do the best job uh, marking myself early in my career, you know what I mean? I was kind of like very, very, uh, very calm. And I, I, I had all these all these opportunities to, to do that kind of stuff. And I realized like, I can't, I, I, I literally cannot, like I can't sell underwear, you know what I mean? I can't sell hair gel, like, that's just not who I am. So I've kind of changed everything. And it's, it's kind of been more like, what I what what do I actually enjoy doing? Well, I like duck hunting. I like shooting. I like like I'm an outdoorsman. So I'm trying to brand myself as something different. I'm trying to be on more of the cowboy Cerrone spectrum of MMA, and that's kind of been my niche and kind of what I've been going after, uh, you know, as of late. And it's 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 starting to pan out because I'm you know I'm starting to get get sponsorships from different gun companies and 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 stuff like that. So I, I think really. For me, I went after I went after the low hanging fruit initially. I went after you know like who's gonna who's gonna give me money, and it was like companies you know like uh, like, an, like an underwear company or something like that, and and like I just I can't I can't do that. Like I don't you know like I don't feel comfortable taking pictures in my underwear. Like that's just not who I am. I can't do it, and and I, so I failed. I failed at that. I'll be honest. I completely failed. I dropped the ball on all that stuff so now i've, I've kind of changed everything and kind of rebranded myself as 
you know, the, the person that I really am, which is just a little country boy from Sparta who happens to be pretty damn good at beating people up in a cage. So when you say pretty damn good at beating people up in a cage, how do you, how do how do you assess the situation as far as the marketing side of a fight? Now let's go into the marketing side, like the Nate Diaz marketing, like he's been a genius. Connor was a genius and, Mark yeah. Don King was the biggest of all time of putting big pay-per-view bouts together. Don't know how ethical he was, but he right. put some big fights together. How do you go about marketing this country boy mentality? You mentioned Cowboy. Cowboy became a household name. He beat the shit out of people. He was unorthodox. He lost some big fights, but he had this big time cult following because he would drive a Can-Am fast. He would go to a, a Harley festival. He was on stage with a country music guy here. He was shooting machine guns with the military here. Um, how, how does that go into your way of actually dealing with your opponent and keying in on that opportunity to get interest in people watching that fight? Well, I mean, it's, it's just about sharing more of the, the personal side of your life, kind of what you do outside the cage. Because, I mean, if you can get people to engage with you on a personal level, if you can get you know, and, and I've just kind of started to see it, see it happening. You know what I mean? Like when I'm posting something about going shooting or, or going hunting, you know what I mean? I get a big influence of, of, of hunters and, and, and people that do the same stuff that I do outside of the cage. So I think that the big thing is like, I only shared what I was doing as an, as an athlete, you know, and, and that was, that was my biggest mistake because you want people to know you on a personal level. People, people want to be able want to be relatable to, to your audience, you know, and like, and my audience now is, is, is the, is the people like me, the people that, that, that go hunting on Saturday morning, people that, uh, you know, work, you know, 12 hour days in the heat and, and, you know, go watch the pay-per-views after, you know, and that's, that's, that's something that I really, uh, uh, changed about the way I market myself. You know, I think if I would have started out being myself authentically, the way Cowboy did, the way Connor did, the way those other guys did, um, I think I'd be a lot further ahead now. But, I mean, you can't really look back and be like, man, sure, could have, would have, you know. But, I mean, from now on, it's just, it's it's going to be, you know, more more stuff of, you know, me working on, you know, fixing up a, a cabin or you know, whatever I do outside the cage that I can, I can relate to, to other people. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the trick. You know, I've, I've read all the, you know, the marketing strategies and all this stuff, but I think really what it comes down to is, is building, building a relationship with people, you know, I mean, you, you do such a good job of it, um, you know, with, with all your, with all your sponsors and stuff, you, you push all that stuff and it seems, it seems natural and, you know, what you do, uh, and, you know, I look at guys like you and I look at, you know, guys like Connor and it's just, it, it feels authentic. And I think, I think if you can do that, you know, you can relate to people in an authentic way. Uh, you know, more people pay attention. Well, thank you for saying that. That means a lot. Do you <clears throat> look at somebody that has that approach of a fight going back to the actual fight week now? Do, will you talk shit if it calls for it? Will you talk back or because like there was a guy, you know, Dan Henderson is a good friend of mine. He didn't really talk a lot of smack. He'd let them and then he would just go in there and do his thing, you know, and sometimes the outcome was unbelievable. Most of the time it was. I love Dan Henderson. Um, but there was other times when he lost some big fights. Um, do you like the, uh, the art of smack talking and delivering on that level 
before you actually close the gate to the octagon? Yeah, I mean, if if there's an opportunity to, you know, I, I fought I fought guys that that, that don't speak English, um, and that's kind of it's. I haven't really had the opportunity to, to to show that side. I mean, you can you can. I mean, a, a, a few times I have, and it's and it's and it's it's panned, it's panned out well. But a lot of times, you know, you just end up being a bully, and and it it doesn't it doesn't work the way you want it to, you know. So. Uh, it's just about those opportunities. You know, there's a few guys in my weight class that I really, really, really want to fight because I know that we can go to that level and we can run our mouths and, and, and sell a fight that way. That's the easiest, easiest way to sell a fight. You know, it really is like just creating some kind of animosity is it's the easiest way. Cause people, people love it. People, people buy that stuff, you know, and it's crazy because a lot of times, I'll see these guys, you know, that, you know, you see them on the UFC embedded and, you know, you think these guys absolutely hate each other. And then I see them at the uh, UFC PI in the same room and like, they don't say a word to each other. And then as soon as the cameras come on, it's a whole different story, you know? So it's, it's, there is a big, a big upside to, to talking shit and kind of playing the game a little bit. Um, but it's gotta be the right opportunity, man. You, some of these guys, you talk, you talk shit to them, they say nothing, or they don't even know what you're saying because they don't speak English. You know, so I just haven't really had the right opportunity. There's been a few guys that you know I've I've exchanged words with, um, and that does create a lot of hype for a fight. It's easy for the UFC to sell that, uh, but you know, recently I just haven't had that opportunity because half the guys, you know, are coming from different countries. You know, I'm fighting guys that speak three words in English, and it makes it pretty hard to you know kind of put together a, a uh, shit talking scheme unless you want to go oh <laughs> yeah you gotta have an interpreter to do it and that would that wouldn't be very timely smack talking what let's go back to your last fight if you don't mind for a second because i was fired up for it and I, i'm going back to the beginning of our conversation what happened in that fight because i thought for sure it was going to go different which again that's the fight game i love the fight game because sometimes you sometimes you're like oh yeah this is a done deal and then they call it an upset but what happened that because you got caught off guard, you were something I don't know if it was your game plan. Did you have too much emotion going into it? Were you too much adrenaline heavy going into the fight and get did you just get caught in because it, it, it just didn't look like you? Yeah, I mean, honest to God, uh, my game plan was to pressure him right away, get him to throw everything so I could see it and then start to open up. I mean, and it was playing out exactly the way I thought the fight would happen. I mean, just having watched film. You know, I, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And eventually I was going to find a takedown. I was going to make it ugly and start dragging this dude to the ground and then really start opening up on on my feet. And I got caught in a ninja choke, something, a choke that I've been in a hundred times. And it was just that split second mistake where I zigged instead of zagged. And he happened to be really good at that technique. And, you know, before I know it, I was – you know, 40 seconds into a fight and I'm going out. And it's, I mean, I've got 50, 60 uh, fights competitively. It's never happened to me before. And everyone says, you know, eventually it's going to happen. And it happened, you know, on pay-per-view, which was, you know, just one humiliating. And then, uh, you know, like I said, like going back to what I said earlier, you know, like after that, you know, the, all the hype and, and, and everything going leading up to that fight was perfect. I mean, I felt amazing. 
And that was probably the worst part of the whole experience is because I was so ready to get in there and do exactly what I needed to do. And I, I dropped the ball, you know, and that, and like I said, you got to go back. And that was the hardest thing was going back and seeing my family and my coaches and just being like, you guys, I'm sorry. I know, I know I messed up, uh, but it's done. What's done is done. You can't go back and, and, and change it. So uh, all I can do is, 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 take that lesson and, and, and move forward and, you know, take it out on the next guy this Saturday. How, how do you stay, you're a professional. You know, I love talking to MMA guys when they say I'm a professional because, you know, life is, life is, can throw so many different curveballs at you. Like, uh, like if we're talking about the, the way that I live, it's almost, you, it's, you get FOMO and you get so many opportunities to go and have fun and I'm sure your life is the same way. And you got to discipline yourself so much. You more so, Cody, because you have to perform as a fighter. You have to be in shape. You have to make weight. You have to have great cardio. Your lung capacity has got to be there. You got to be physically strong. You got to have good tendons and joints and everything that goes into being able to jump and maneuver and kick and punch and all that shit. It, is it tough for you ever to stay on that quote unquote professional path. Do you ever just want to go get a 12 pack and go get, go, go, go to fishing line and sit on the side of a shore of a little reservoir and catch some smallmouth? Do you ever just want to go party with your buddies? Cause I guarantee you that you graduated with a lot of buddies 15 years ago that, that are out in Michigan or Vegas somewhere ripping up the strip and you can't do it a lot. Like, is that, is that part of the game tough for you? Do you ever, do you ever back off of the professional life and let loose a little bit? Oh, you have to, you've got a lot of loose. I mean, that's, one of the reasons I've probably waterfowl hunted more like in the last few years than I have since I was a teenage kid uh, is because this, this sport beats on you, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, like you said, there's an extreme element of discipline. Like when I'm preparing for a fight, there's no, there's no alcohol, there's no going out. There's no, there's nothing. I mean, I'm on a strict diet. I have a strict training regimen. I'm in bed at nine o'clock. Like you have to be so, discipline because there are so many things i live in las vegas you know what i mean like i live in las vegas there's constantly people coming here to party you know good friends of mine and i'm like listen have a good time i won't be there uh if you want to get breakfast tomorrow let me know you know what i mean i train at nine but i'm free 10 to noon you know so i i try to make i try to make time for people you know but at the same time like i have this goal and this window of opportunity to make some shit happen you know in my life and I cannot squander it. You know what I mean? I like my, my parents and, and, and my coaches and everyone that, you know, supports me, like they, they look to me to, to perform. And like, I, I take that very seriously. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be that guy that, that, that should have, could have, would have, and had all these opportunities uh, and, you know, made these opportunities for himself and he pissed it away because he couldn't get out of the bar. You know what I mean? Like, that's not me. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm disciplined and, and I do cut loose. You know what I mean? Like after a fight, you know, I'm, you know, in Austin Saturday, like I am going to slam that 12 pack and I'm going to have a good time. You know what I mean? And I'm going to celebrate my hard work. And, uh, and then, you know, two weeks after that, I'll be back in the gym, uh, getting right back after it with the same, you know, tenacity that I had before, uh, you know, preparing for it, you know, so it's, it's, it's like, there's times of absolute extreme discipline and you got to be honed in on, you know, the goal. 
And then there's times when you really gotta, you gotta shut, you gotta shut it off, man. Cause I'm, I'm sure, you know, like there's times when you gotta just be with your family and you gotta really be with your family, not be with your family and thinking about what's next and fighting. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta find those little opportunities in life where you can actually relax and enjoy yourself and then, and, and do something for you instead of, you know, constantly like just hammering it out all the time. Uh, because I mean, if you do that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to say this one. You know, if I go, if I go get wild for a week, I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm good for another six months. You know, I can, I can be on the diet and I can do these things that I need to do to, to, to be my best in the cage. Uh, you know, but if I, if I try to just, to stay on that straight narrow path and just like that crazy disciplined human, like I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I need, I find the little, the little times, you know, like, go going hunting going shooting like doing stuff for me you know what i mean so uh there's a there's definitely a a give and take with, with it all you, you mentioned diet there what did you eat today so far right now it's uh 2 30 <laughs> pacific time what did you eat today the beginning of fight week you fight in six days on saturday coming up i want to talk about your opponent in a minute but what you, you start off fight camp and you carb up quite a bit because you're burning so many calories in the gym. Do you get off of the starches this close to the fight so you feel limber and, and ready to ready to maneuver? Because, you know, carbs have the ability or the tendency to bog you down a little bit if you eat too much sticky rice at a sushi bar. Do you slam a ton of protein right now? Is there a lot of shakes involved? I mean, I assume you love to grill out and eat on a, on a weekend day. Like, I, I, I love to eat. I love food. People that say, yeah, food's okay. I, I, I know a couple of those people people but every mma fighter that i know loves to throw down on the grill and eat at a good sushi bar whatever um give me an idea though of how disciplined you have to be on the food because this is a thing that americans have a huge battle with is being able to say you're in great shape like right you stay in great shape you work out like crazy you could afford to eat more but you don't give me an idea of what you do eat today uh i've had one egg today one One egg one egg, one over easy egg for breakfast. No salt, no sugar, nothing. Just one egg, black coffee, and as you see, I keep sipping on this water. Are you worried about making weight right now? Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not worried. I have a system. I, I, I follow the system to a T. I mean, there's. I don't eat any, not a single carb all week. I don't eat anything with any sodium all week. Uh, I'm drinking two gallons of water today. I'm drinking a gallon and a half of water tomorrow. I'm drinking a gallon of water on Wednesday and then I stop drinking water and I lose all the water weight. It's a, it, there's a systematic Science. approach to getting my weight down to where it needs to be. And you don't, no salt, no carbs, carbs, you know, muscle glycogen, it holds water. Salt obviously holds water, you know, and I'm trying to get all the water out of my body, you know, so that I can, I can taper my weight down to where I need to go. And then it's just about, you know, that, that last, you know, six, eight pounds is just about just grinding it out. And it's, and it is the hardest thing I will, I will say it's harder than a fight. It's harder than anything I've ever done in my life. Cutting weight is brutal. And, and I don't think people really understand what, what guys do to make weight. You know, I mean, I've seen guys pass out. I've seen dudes, I've seen grown men, hard dudes crying when they're cutting weight. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff, man cutting weight is brutal, you know? So like as excited as I am to go into fight week and to, to, you know, showcase all my hard work and, and the discipline, 
you know, there's like that lingering thought that like, okay, come Thursday, like I'm not eating or drinking anything and I got to put a sauna suit on and I got to go cut six pounds. You know what I mean? After I'm already pretty dehydrated, like it's going to be tough. I mean, and, and, and that's, that's where, that's where you really, really got to be disciplined because I mean, it's those last, it's those last few pounds that, that, that kind of break everybody, man. If you, if you, if there's any chink in your armor, you know, if, if you start telling yourself in your mind, like, nah, I don't have to make weight this time, you know, it's, it's not that much money. Like they'll understand, you know, like as soon as you, as soon as you give yourself that little wiggle room of like, yeah, I'm not going to do it this time. It's over, man. And it just mentally just quit. So you just got to stay so mentally strong through that whole process and just, and just get it done. You know, and, and the the months leading up to, you know, you talked about being it like grilling out and, and I I mean, like every other MMA fighter, like you said, I love food. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a foodie. I can eat I mean, I can eat an insane amount of food, you know, because I do work out like crazy. Except when you're in fight camp, you can't have all those all those luxuries, you know what I mean? You I'm on a strict diet, you know, I have meals delivered to my house, you know, every Monday. And I have these little 400 calorie meals. I mean, three of them a day. I mean, they're not bad, but you know, it's also not a, a 16 ounce steak on the grill, you know? And so, I mean, you just, I don't think people understand like how hard it is, you know what I mean? To like really do this on this level, you know? Cause I'm not the only guy doing this, you know what I mean? I'm not the only guy losing 20 pounds so that you can get on the scale and make weight and fight the next day. Like everyone's doing it at the high level. You know, everybody's 20 pounds heavier when they get in the cage, you know? So if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, you're a step behind everybody else. Cause that dude, that dude rehydrates and he's 10 pounds heavier than you now. And now you're at a disadvantage and the fight hasn't even started. So, I mean, you, you have to, you have to do this, this part. I mean, it is brutally hard, but, uh, it's part of the game, man. And it's the worst part. There's been a lot of talk about it over the years, high school wrestlers, you know, junior league wrestlers that, they have to learn how to lose weight the right way and maintain and not get unhealthy doing it. Because I remember back in the day, you know, putting the garbage bags on and putting the bike inside the sauna and doing the thing to, to really cut weight in a heartbeat. And you, you, you look at that and how detrimental it is on the human body. It's terrible to do it like that, you know, to make a living out of it. And it's like, you, it, it just all the more reason that you have to maintain a certain you know, a certain weight, a certain sense of fitness. You can't just be, you know, five foot six and go to 190 and then say, oh, I'll be fine for my next fight. That's not, it's, it's just not good for your body to have to cut that much weight. You have to be disciplined as a professional fighter all year round. I mean, you just, and, and on top of that, you never know if you're going to get the call to maybe step in for somebody that might be a good payday for it. it happened to Chad Mendez, a good friend of mine with McGregor. You know, he was on a boat fishing when he got that call to step in for Jose Aldo to fight McGregor and had an unbelievable first round, but then got winded and got knocked out in the second. But could you imagine if Money Mendez would have had a full camp against McGregor? McGregor's career might have went totally different. Who knows? Don't know, but I know Money Mendez is a bad son of a bitch. Um, when you start thinking about that that fight day now, you're, let's talk about your opponent real quick. You have Eddie, do you pronounce it Wineland or Winland? Wineland. Wineland. He's got a mustache. I mean, is this for show? I don't know what that is all about. Um, what do you know about him? What's the approach without giving away too much? And what's your prediction? I mean, Eddie Wineland, he's been in the game forever, man. He's, he's 
I, I think I watched Eddie Wyland the first time when when I was 18 years old and he was the champ of the world. You know, he was the WEC champ, you know, before Faber, before everybody. Wyland's been in this game at the highest level forever, you know. So this is somebody that I've watched for, for 15 years, you know, in my entire career. You know, Eddie Wineland's been a staple in the UFC. He's been, you know, one of the one of the best best guys in the world. And it's like I'm coming up and I'm going to go fight a former champion. I'm going to fight, you know, a guy that's, you know, but I just think that, you know, when it comes down to it in the fight, I just think that I, I want it more. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a certain hunger that comes with a younger athlete uh, that you can't, you can't fake, you know, like Eddie Wineland's been at the top of the mountain. He knows what it's about. Um, and, and I haven't, and I want to go there, you know? So I, I look at it like, when it really comes down to the nitty gritty, forget all the techniques. Like Eddie Wyland's got a big right hand. I know that. I've been practicing, uh, you know, to defend that. And like, but when it really comes down to it, it's like, you know, I know in my heart that I want it more than anyone. You know, so if we get into a war of attrition, and it's just, you know, who wants it more? And I think that's the kind of fight where I'm gonna end up in with Eddie. I think I win that fight a hundred out of a hundred times because, you know. I want this so bad, you know what I mean? Like there's, I've, I've, I've worked tenaciously for years and years and years to make this opportunity happen and it happened Saturday night. And, you know, I'm not gonna squander it. I'm gonna go after him and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit him down. I mean, I don't, I don't really see it playing out any other way in my head. Like if I don't, if I don't sit him on his ass in the fight, like it's a loss for me. Cause I am 100% planning on knocking this dude out inside of inside three rounds so when you're game planning for this and you're going you just admitted you're going for a knockout when you say knockout does that mean hands like you're you're visualizing a good left hook or a right cross and he, or an uppercut and he's done with your hands or does that include you know anything in a tko format of a submission or any of that stuff are you looking for a tap or are you looking to put him down with your fist and he's done I'd like to I'd like to sit him down with my hands, but if it's a foot, if it's anything else, you know, elbow, knee, whatever, you know, like I'm 100% going in there expecting that, you know, Eddie Wine and I are going to be in a stand-up fight. You know, he's a I'm known as a wrestler, uh, but you know, Eddie's he's got really good takedown defense. I might try to take him down a couple times, but in reality, like this is going to be a stand-up fight. He's he's good at not getting taken down. I'm good at taking people down. We'll see where that where that where that leads us. You know, good chance I could probably get him on his butt by taking him down. But um, I think for me personally, just after my last fight and 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 just where I want my career to go, I think I, what I need is a knockout. I need to I need to set him down with my hands and my feet. So this means you're going to be. I'm, I'm taking some notes as you talk because I like to figure out the mind game of what you're sitting here telling me right now and then once that door closes on the octagon like how you stay in that position how you stay on the balls of your feet how you're dancing how you're moving to get that shot on him and what happens to make that game plan change you know i like to try to figure out the strategy of what's going on with your coaches your and and, and yourself when you're in there listening to your coaches and what you're telling yourself is you're fighting eddie wineland like the fight game is so complex it's not 
easy. Sometimes people have made it look easy, but the idea and the strategy of it is what really intrigues me. And I like sitting here taking a couple notes that make me, you know, I can't wait to watch the fight, first of all, and then watch you, you know, take and execute this game plan that you're saying. But I want to kind of see how you're going to open up that opportunity to put your hands on them and get that knockout. Or do you set it up? with some quality wrestling and putting your body weight on him against the cage. He's a little bit taller than you, so he's going to have a little bit of leverage, right? Are you worried about the leverage at all? No, I mean, I, I think everyone I fight saw me. You know, I think probably me and Chad have that in common. Every, every single day we fight, you, all the guys I train with are taller than me. You know, you look, you look for people in the room that you can train with that are similar to the person you're going to end up fighting, right? So that you can kind of get that, that look, uh, and then you just kind of start working towards what you think you're capable of doing in, in the fight. You know, I think that Eddie Wineland leaves himself open after he throws, you know? So I think every time he throws, there's an opportunity there for me to crack him. Uh, and that is 100%. He can hear this. Like, that's the game plan. I'm going to make a miss and then I'm going to smoke open with something. And, and, you know, when you start your training camp, you know, you start kind of like worst case scenario, you know, the best Eddie Wineland I've ever seen in the cage. And you start working and you kind of focus on like what he's doing. What, what does he do well? What does he do well? Let's work on defending the things he does well. Work on everything that, that Eddie Wineland does really, really well and get that live look in a live situation. And then you kind of start forgetting about what Eddie Wineland does and start honing in on what you're doing. And, and then, you know, the end of training camp, like this week, last week, Two weeks before that, it's been all about what I'm doing. Like, what am I doing? Well, I'm slipping and I'm letting, I'm letting my hands go. Like, that's that's the goal. And, like, it's it's not as easy as just, like, I have this idea in my head of what I'm going to do. Uh, it's like you need to rep, rep these things a million times. You know, I've been repping the same five techniques for the last four weeks, you know what I mean, in preparation for, for this specific specific opponent you know so uh like that's what that's what that's where the another aspect of the discipline comes in like you you are doing the same thing every single day and you just you do it you watch yourself do it your coaches tweak it and then and the next day you come back and you do it again try to fix those mistakes and you keep doing that throughout throughout the fight camp until you get to a point you're like i can do this with my eyes closed, you can get me up out of bed, butt naked, and I can throw that combination. Like I can do that 100% of the time, every single time, and I can do it flawlessly. And 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 that's kind of the point where I'm at in in the in the training camp. It's like all the hard work, the haze in the barn. I'm done. I, I I did all the hard stuff. Now I just make weight and just do what I've trained, you know, the last three months to do. And and you know if if it pans out the way I want it to and the way I know it can. I don't think I'll be in there very long. Like the great Rodney Carrington, the great country comedian once said, nobody wants to fight the naked guy, Cody. <laughs> don't go don't go in there naked. <clears throat> that's that's a funny skit if you ever get a chance to listen to Rodney Carrington when he takes boxing lessons. 
it's pretty yeah. freaking it's pretty dead on I, I can't wait to watch it I, I I've watched your career from a you know just sitting back because I love your 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 passion for the outdoors so I just kind of just watch it and I and I was bummed last time like I really like that's I like to live and die with the fighters you know live and lose and win and lose and like I want to celebrate this Saturday after you do get a victory in Austin Texas I want you down on 6th Street looking for a nice little country show we're going to do the Jack Daniels hot seat with my man Cody fighting Eddie Wineland this Saturday night Austin Texas UFC fight night Jack Daniels hot seat after the fight and you do want an adult beverage do you reach for a cold beer or do you like a little Jack on the rocks are you a clear kind of guy what do you reach for when you want to relax a little bit and have an adult beverage I'll do I'll do a, I'll do a Jack on the rocks or uh, I'm kind of a kind of an old school guy you know I grew up drinking bush light so I mean if you're going from this, I'll hit I'll hit some Jack Daniels and, and mix it with some chase it with a with a with a bush light uh i'm, I'm definitely a, a whiskey and beer guy uh, my man cody with the bush latte coming straight out of south dakota wisconsin area that's what they call them up there if i ripped your headphones off your head not to be mean or malicious in the gym one day and have you turn around and beat the shit out of me what would i hear on those headphones in a training session uh steel drivers chris stapleton um yeah, you know, anything, any, any old country music, real old country music. I get down with, with, with all the, with all the real OGs, you know, I'm not really into anybody that's singing, singing right now, but, uh, I mean, I'll go to a concert, but if, if I'm jamming in the car, if I'm, if I'm, uh, getting ready for a workout, it's probably country. My man brings up the still drivers, rest in peace, Rowdy Cope. What a great band. Can't believe Rowdy's gone. Last Maybe. question in the Jack Daniels hot seat. When it's all said and done, what kind of fighter do you want to be remembered as? Um, honest. Uh, I just want to be known as the guy that 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 went out on the shield every time. You know, the guy that 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 put everything in the cage, and uh, that's hard to do. You know, you only get so many opportunities, and you got to show up for everyone. And yeah, I just want to be that. I want to be known as, as, as a dude every single time somebody got in a fight with me, they knew, they knew they were in a fight with me, win, loss, no matter what happened. Uh, they knew they were in there with, with one of the best. All right. Text me Saturday night after the winter. I'm going to text you to say congratulations. Then we'll start planning a duck hunt wrapped around your schedule for your next upcoming fight. Can't wait to see you fight for the title soon, my man. Cody, I mean, what else is there to say? You, you, you have an unbelievable record. Keep it going this week. I love your personality. I love your passion. And I just, I like, I like guys. I want to see good guys win. And I just love your attitude, man. I've, I, like I said, I've been watching from afar. I'm a fan. I want, I want you to kick some ass this week and I don't want it to stop there. I want to see you on top. You deserve it. You're what this sport needs. You're a great influence, inspiration to kids on how to get there through hard work. And I know that, you know, the fight game has a lot of different elements and it's stuff that you have to learn in different maturity levels of that game as you get it. But as young kids come up in this game and they want to follow somebody, you're doing a great job of showing people how to do it the right way and to stay clean. And, you know, you don't need to be a huge smack talker every single day to be considered a great fighter, a great warrior. That's what I loved about Mendez. That's what I love about Uriah. That's what I love about Hendo. They just went in there and proved it. And I'm not saying that I don't respect the careers of guys like Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. I love watching Nate Diaz. 
contest fight. I love watching Connor get in there and mix it up. I think it's great that the fan base that he brought to the game. He did it different. I mean, what did it take to get in the ring with Mayweather? The guy has a mouth on him. He is very smart. And I know that your career is going to go to that level. And I don't know about financially on that level because I don't know if any fighter in the game besides Floyd and Connor have ever gotten to that level probably. But, man, you're doing it the right way. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for being on this Life Ain't For Everybody podcast today. Let's do it next week or the week after and talk about your victory against Eddie Wineland. Good luck in Austin, Texas this Saturday night, UFC fight night. My man, Cody. Thank you, brother. That was great. Thank you. Pre- appreciate you being here, buddy. Um, and uh, you guys, go go follow him. Cody Stanham, correct? I want to make sure that I pronounce everything. Per- talk to like, me. Like Stain Man. Stain Man. Cody Stain Man on Instagram. Follow this guy. Watch this dude work out and how hard he punches. It reminds me of Chad Mendez, who is the greatest. Huh? I've actually, I've actually been at a UFC event and signed an autograph as Chad Mendez. I swear to God. <laughs> I had a camo hat on and I just got into the UFC and I was walking around and someone walked up to me and goes, Chad, Chad, will you, will you sign this for me? <laughs> and I didn't even hesitate. I was like, of course. <laughs> you, put the, you put the dollar sign on there, didn't you? Oh, Chad Mendez is goofy as like. Well, I'll be seeing him this week. I'm sure me and him will be talking throughout the fights this Saturday. Can't wait to watch it, brothers. Stay safe, travel safe to Texas, and we'll be seeing you after the victory Saturday night. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Everybody check out this song right now. You know what it is. What you going to do when the money's all gone? Leith Lothan, thank you for listening to another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. I love talking the fight game. You know why, mainly? I'm so envious of it. I was just talking to so many wrestlers the last week during Finals X, and I was talking to a referee that referees D2 collegiate wrestling in the mid, mid, mid part of the country, Midwest part of the country. And I said, Brian... I'm so envious and jealous and I don't get envious and jealous. I'm so happy with who I am in my life, but I just wish I would have been a fighter. I wish I would have been a wrestler. I wish I would have looked better in a singlet. So I had the guts to go out on that mat. But when I look at what guys like Cody can do and what Mendez did and Hendo did at the Olympic level and Greco Roman level and what Gables did getting the Hodge trophy this year and what Spencer Lee does at Iowa and what all the great Penn state and John Smith at Oklahoma state. I love freaking wrestlers. I think they're the backbone of fighting. I think it is the backbone of fighting and There's a lot of fighters out there that if you broke them down, they're so successful because of their wrestling background. So I'm all about it. USA wrestling, flow wrestling, everything that's going on at the collegiate level, at every different level, high school, wrestling clubs, get your boys and girls involved in wrestling. If they don't become a state champion, I promise you they're going to win in life because the wrestling mentality is exactly what I wish I had. I think I have it. I just didn't wrestle to get it. I think I have it, but I don't know if I could pin anybody. But that's what I get out of wrestlers is that they have the right mentality and approach in life. So take that for what it's worth. I'm Chad Belling. Thank you for listening to my man Cody today on This Life Ain't For Everybody. Talk to you all soon. We're all equal, that's what I think. I don't believe even has a bank. Make good use of your time on earth. And don't make a dollar bill all this world. Cause I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Than rich as hell without a soul Life on earth won't last too long